colleague in medicine, coach in life, the queen of burnout and sass, mother of dragons, farmer's wife here in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, Dr. Erin Wiseman. Today on Dr. Me First, I'm actually not bringing you a Dr. Me First episode, but don't turn it off yet. I promise it's going to be good. I actually have a second podcast called Burnt Out to Badass, where I tell stories of burnout, trying to normalize that, hey, this happens. It's not an utter complete failure. And guess what? You can come out on the other side better. And so I want to expose you a little bit to this with one of my favorite episodes. It is all about sabbaticals. You know that I love that. And my guest is absolutely amazing. So listen in today on Burnt Out to Badass. And if it intrigues your fancy, head on over to to Burnt Out to Badass on any place that you listen to podcasts, rate and review for me. Thank you, friend, since it is kind of a new podcast and we're in season two and catch all of those other episodes. All right. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to Burnt Out to Badass, my friend, fellow coach, Katrina McGee. It's so great to have you here with me today. Thanks, Erin. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, you know the gist of Burnt Out to Badass. We talk about burnout and we talk about being badass. So we're going to go through your whole spectrum today. Are you ready for it? Oh, yes, I am. All right. So let's have a sneak peek. What was your burnout like and how long ago was it? Yeah. So. The throes of burnout for me were back in about 2010, 2011. And I think it was an accumulation, right? I don't think there was for me this, this like two month stretch or six month stretch. I think it was sort of this layer on top of layer on top of layer, but I had come out of my business school MBA program in 2010, early 2010 and graduated and went on to this whole new career that I thought was going to feel so much easier. And so I think I was trying to address some of the emotional burnout and the exhaustion that comes from doing something you don't really feel connected to. Like I think when we're doing something that does not resonate with us and it's sort of like we're trudging in quicksand trying to make it happen, you know, doing that year after year after year can really weigh on you. And so I think I had sort of that going into business school. I thought business school will change my life and put me on like my right path and it'll be so easy after this. And so I kind of launched into career number two, which was being a market researcher. And I found myself in a position where I was in even in an even more corporate job than I had ever had before. And I think that was really hard for me. And so, you know, after trying to put my head down and be really optimistic that it was just going to feel better if I just worked harder, if I just stayed a little longer, realizing about a year into it that that was not going to happen. In fact, it was getting worse. That was when I really, I really just started to feel like my insides were crisping, you know, like they were just toasted. Like, there wasn't a lot to give to my own life um, to fill my own cup. And there wasn't a lot to give to the world outside of me. And I just started to feel like I was living almost like a shell of the life that I had wanted and thought I would be living for myself in my early thirties. Yeah. That was going to be my next question. What do you think others saw from like the outside during that time for you? Yeah. So looking, you know, from the outside, looking in, I was a, a woman that had no hobbies. I think that happy hour became a hobby and eating out became a hobby, but it's, if we're being really honest, it's sort of like numbing, right? It's just this very easy. It's not really super engaging or super 
um, expansive or, or like lighting me up in any way, but it's just coping, right? It was having an outlet to cope with all of these really uncomfortable feelings and this pervasive sense of something is not right. And just feeling so exhausted and just emotionally, like, like I didn't have a lot to give, you know? And so it looked like a lot of happy hours and, you know, occasional dinners out to nice restaurants, but it was like, those were like the low hanging fruit, right? There was no, no real hobbies, no real growing, no real stretching, no real spark, curiosity, passion, community building, like none of that. So from the outside, I think I looked like probably the average corporate worker, you know, just my life was my job and then trying to decompress from my job and then go back to my job some more outside of that. You know, I had my three weeks of vacation and it was like, that was me really jumping at my chance to feel alive. So it was like living for those three weeks, trying to maximize in my brain. How can I take like two days off, but on the right weekend and make it feel like a five day weekend. And then I can really get my chart. You know, it's just like strategizing with these 21 days, or I guess actually 15 days, right. And trying to move them around and maximize the impact of like, well, I'm living at least for these three weeks of the year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) so much. We also talked a little bit in in your writing before you talked about being the zombie, checking off all the boxes. And that really resonated with me too. Like that, just that emptiness of going through the motions. I know how I felt was like, I felt like I woke up in the morning and I was like, whose life is this? This can't be my life. That is exactly how I felt. Yeah. And it it was very much like looking around and even remembering like my inner 12-year-old, my inner 15-year-old, even my inner like 18-year-old and just thinking about how incredibly disappointed she would be to know that this was all that I was asking out of life. And this was all I really, you know, was was taking the impetus to create for myself. And it was sort of like that feeling of like, whose life am I even in right now? And and truly like. I did this check. I did this check, but from a really sort of going through the motions kind of place. Yeah. Did you have like a rock bottom moment or a eureka moment through all of this? I had, mm, that's a good question. I think both, but I think the rock bottom sort of like paved the way for the eureka moment. So the rock bottom was this period where I was, this is really sad to say, right. But there was this period of time where I remember thinking, driving into work, being at work, being in painful meetings, thinking like, you know, like a moderate sized car accident would be kind of nice. Like if I could just be injured enough that I go somewhere and someone like takes care of me and I just lay there, I just lay there. And I think about just a small pelvic fracture, something small, just something small. I don't want it to hurt too bad, but like to just, to just really like have this almost make time stop. Right. For, I just wanted time to stop so that I could like remember who I am and to really like put my brain on like, what is it that I want? Like, I just felt like I was going through the motions, but it almost felt like I was running on a hamster wheel. So even if I wanted to stop going through the motions, I couldn't really stop because I was going to fall off and like, you know, crash if I tried to get off the wheel. So it was just this feeling of like, wow, like I'm over here wishing for, you know, like a minor accident and, and time off because I don't know how to take the time. And I also feel completely lost. And it was just really sort of sobering. And so at that point, right, I started being really honest with people in, in my circle about, you know, not really loving what I was doing. I was always honest with my friends, but I kind of extended out like one or two degrees. And I remember there was this contractor who worked in the aisle with me. We shared the same aisle, but she was on a different team. And she was just asking me how it was going. And I just told her, I was like, I don't feel like I can keep doing this. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing, but it's not this. And she was like, oh, I have a friend that's a life coach. 
I would totally give you her information. If you think this is something you're interested in, I was like, please, 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 please give me her number. And I called her right away. I set up an appointment and I started working with her. And so I think, you know, having hit the rock bottom is where you realize I'm willing to be really uncomfortable and to do different and uncomfortable things because it can't stay like this. Like I can't stay here. And so I think it paved the way to have the aha moment, which for me was kind of delayed, but in working with my coach several months in, I was looking for a better job or so I thought like, I want to find something that feels aligned. And what I realized sitting on her couch, my sort of eureka moment was I didn't want another job or another career. I just wanted a break. I wanted to travel around the world for a year. That was like my version of a break to really feel like I was living, but like, that was what I wanted. That was all that I wanted. And I thought I had to like have, I had to have justification for it. Right. You can't just take a break. Like I need to justify it. So I'm going to get a job. That's better. Like then I'll have income and then I'll be active and having an impact and I'll be doing all that's like a bunch of shoulds. If I'm being honest, like what I thought I was allowed to do, like what I really just wanted was to stop and live and just like have a very simple, happy life. So walk us through on that. Tell us about the next steps, the the journey forward. Yeah. So, you know, having that epiphany within the safe space of being in a coaching relationship was really helpful because I think I could have potentially had that epiphany and then immediately dismissed it. Like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I'll never do that. But she was like, okay, well, let's figure this out. Right. And so really owning it, I started saving money. So, you know, for me to have this dream was not simple. I had $1,500 in my bank account. I had $50,000 worth of MBA loans to pay off. And I had a townhouse that I'd owned in a different state from before with the market being underwater. Like I was renting it out almost at a loss every month. So I was not in a financial position where this seemed at all possible, like at all. And so I got really serious about saving money. And I, when I looked at like what I thought this dream break travel around the world for a year would cost, I thought maybe it would be about $38,000. So I just got to work on trying to change habits and make better decisions with my money to save as fast as I could. And so, you know, doing the work and really like showing up for myself, I saved $40,000 in 18 months and I saved up to take a break. And I gave my job like eight months notice when I was ready. I mean, I just knew I was going to leave and I was so excited. And so I couldn't really hold it in. And so I just said, Hey, this is my plan in eight months. I'm saving money. I'm going to quit my job, travel around the world for a year. And they were actually supportive. I mean, they weren't like, super excited, but you know, they were pretty supportive and they let me stay and they didn't have any problems with it. So I really just continued doing the work with my life coach for probably about another six months of like preparing myself and getting clear on what it was I wanted and then just saving money as fast as I could. And then I left and it was time to go. And I had a fantastic adventure and I traveled around the world. It ended up being 20 months because I traveled until I ran out of money and it lasted me 20 months. And so it was this really eye-opening, sort of educational, meaningful, full life, full tilt, like bright, bold color type of living um, that I did for almost two years. And it was life-changing. Yeah. And going from your experience, what do you want people to know who've heard your story? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I want people to know that first of all, you don't have to justify taking a break. Like life is not meant to be lived um, running at full speed, being hyperproductive all the time. It's unnatural. And so it's enough to just feel inside that needing and wanting a break is true for you. Like that is totally enough. And I also want people to know 
that it's really possible. I am a, I am proof, but not just myself, right? I have coached dozens of clients through breaks and it is absolutely possible for you to go on a break if you do it intentionally and come out on the other side better and not just personally better, but like holistically better, including professionally, right? Like I created more success for myself post-break than I had pre-break. I became debt-free. I paid off all my debt when I came back after traveling until I ran out of money. I built it all back up again and paid off all my debt. I started a third career that aligned with like who I was and what I really wanted to be doing in the world. You know, I had my story featured in Forbes. That's amazing, right? And I also landed five job offers in just five weeks when I came back from that first break and, and went back to corporate to pay off my debt as fast as possible. Just there was no limit to the things I could create once I really gave myself that time I needed. So I just, I really want people to know it is so okay. In fact, it is more than okay to take a break and to know that you are able to create your future. You have that power, but sometimes we have to pause before we can sort of step into that version of ourselves. And you are one of my favorite type of coaches. Your title is sabbatical coach and working with other physicians and high achieving professional women. You know, sometimes they just look at me cross-eyed when I'm like, you ever thought of a sabbatical? And I love that you have niched down into it because God, that break, that rest, that pause, you know, like the little quote or story that was about the dash, you know, on somebody's tombstone. It's not the year you were born or the year you died. It's the dash, the everything that happens in the middle. And so I love, I love what you're doing, actively encouraging people. And I mean, I steal your stuff all the time about like, no, the pause is the dash. Like that is what is important. A hundred percent, you know, and I think, I think it's so easy to have a bunch of excuses for, and reasons for like why you're not allowed, right. To really take that pause. You should all over yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we believe like, or, or there's a reason why someone else can do it. Well, you have a partner. Well, you have, you know, like you make certain amount of money. Uh, you don't have debt. Like I had debt, right. I was single. I had no savings. You know, I had this career, I had just invested tens of thousands of dollars into a degree to get. And I only had three years of job experience in that new career when I left, right? There were a million reasons why it made no sense to do it. And so I think if we're waiting for the story to make sense, right, to justify the pause, it's never going to happen. So we just have to know we need it and take it. I think I'm going to have to put Lady Gaga's Million Reasons song and this. <laughs> Yes, a million reasons to go and you just need the one to stay, the one to pause and all of it. Well, friend, it is so good to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story. I think it's so important that we shine a light on burnout, that this is not a, a life-defining moment, but it's just one blip on the screen for which we can grow through. And I love that you have used this as a platform to help other nine to fivers really find their fulfilled careers. Thank you, Erin. It's been such a joy to be here and to share this. You know, I'm on a mission, right? To help people find the permission to go and to know that life can be so much better on the other side. So thank you for um, asking such great questions and really just like having this conversation. And if somebody's really vibing with you and they want to know about how they can get on their sabbatical sooner, where do they need to come hang out with you? 
Yes. Oh, they can come hang out with me on Instagram. I show up there all the time. I share great tips. Like you can find out how to, you know, connect with me there. And that's K McGee coaching, K M C G H E E coaching. But also I have a website, which is K coaching.com. And you can find out more about my story and what I do and how I help people there. Love it. Well, the badass in me honors the badass in you. friend, if you think you're burned out, you probably are. But I've got some good news for you. Head on over to burntouttobadass.com where you can get a CME course. That's right. CME credits to get yourself out of a place of burnout and back to being a total and absolute badass. You'll go through 12 different modules. You'll get to chitty chat with me on the backside and have lots of fun exercises and thought work to do to help you move from a place of just surviving to absolute thriving. So far, we've had many physicians go through the program and they absolutely love it. One of those docs the other day even mentioned to me that she went back and recently did the report card exercise. And you know the wheel of life is in there. If you followed me for half a second, it's definitely one of my top exercises. But anyway, before I give all the details away, go over to burntouttobadass.com and check out the self-paced course same title, Burnt Out to Badass, and get you some CME hours today. <laughs>